you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hello, and welcome to the NFL Legends Podcast. I'm Aeneas Williams. Our guest today is NFL legend and former tight end for the Pittsburgh Steelers, Chris Kolajewski. Chris will be talking about his journey from the gridiron into the beauty industry. That's right, the beauty industry. Let's listen in. Chris, welcome to the NFL podcast, man. It is an honor to have you as a legend, and I can't wait to delve into what you're doing now. Uh, welcome. First question I have for you, Chris, how's the weather in California? <laughs> it's sunny. It's 70 degrees. It's, you know, it's Southern California, and Aeneas, thank you so much. I'm the one honored to be here today. As you know, I had a very short career uh, in the NFL, um, but it was a childhood dream. In, in fact, uh, the childhood dream was to play for the Rams, not the Steelers. So, you know, <laughs> kudos to you and your amazing career and, and Hall of Fame status. And uh, what, what an accomplishment. Thanks again for, for having me. Now, my pleasure. Here's, here's the question. How do you end up? You're born in Augsburg, Germany, and you grew up in Cali. How did yeah. that happen? Well, my, my dad was in the service, so um, he was stationed over there in Germany. Uh, he went to University of Dayton, traveled over there with the Army. Uh, he was a captain there and then got transferred back actually to Arizona um, and did some ROTC training at the University of Arizona after doing his stint in Germany. And then he moved to uh, Southern California to go work for Procter & Gamble. And uh, I, started my, I started kindergarten there, was basically there through high school. So when did you fall in love with football? <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a great question. Wow. So a, a big part of my journey and what I'd love to share with people is, are those moments of intention and then the moment of transformation. And for me, the intention was I was watching football every Sunday with my dad, watching Merlin Olsen and Deacon Jones and all those guys on the fearsome force and play and just absolutely became a huge Ram fan. And I remember in the second grade watching with my dad, and I looked at him and I said, I'm going to play pro football one day. And of course, you're out there, you know, right. in the schoolyard doing your thing, playing tag football and all the sports and doing all that. But that's that's really when I fell in love with the game was with him. I set my intention and a crazy moment of transformation for me was in the third grade. You don't really go out for Pop Warner. You show up and they give you the gear and you're right. on the team, right? So. You know, they're fitting you out and they're putting the helmet on and the pads on. I put all that stuff on and I had that kind of magical thinking where you still believe in Santa. Sorry, guys, he's not, you know. <laughs> and I thought, I put this gear on, I felt transformed. I felt like Superman. I literally thought I had superpowers and couldn't get hurt. Well, the first practice that turned out to, you know, <laughs> not be true. But that moment of transformation occurred at that moment where I felt different because of something that I had done. And that stuck with me the rest of my life and led me to be curious and want to do these different things and know that if I set an intention that I could go out and do it. I, I want to go back to that. You used the word transformation and you gave me a description of what it means. Give me an even simplest form because it sounds like a lot of us have gone through transformation, but may have, may have not had a word to describe it as you have. Well, and, yeah, I mean, so I think, I think, 
anybody that's played pro football has absolutely 100% mastered intention and transformation and visualization, right? There's so much that goes into what it takes, the commitment and the drive and the sacrifice to get there is that you're supremely focused and you have a vision and that's in your mind. And you say, I'm going to do this no matter what. I'm not going to quit. I'm going to keep getting up. And uh, I think that's one of the unifying things that all, you know, ballers have is we've, we have that, you know, accomplishment and realize right. that there was a lot of blood, sweat and tears to get there. Mm. I hear a lot and I've read articles about you talking about your mom and the impact she had on your life. Talk about how your mom's strength and devotion to family not only helped actualize her dreams, but also gave birth to similar goals in you. Yeah, thank you, Anias. Um, Yeah, mom's special place, right, for all of us. Um, I think I was fortunate in that my parents, I'm not fortunate that they got divorced, but when they did get divorced, that they remained as a strong family unit. We still celebrated Thanksgiving and Christmas together. There were a couple of years that the family uh, was apart where my dad had moved back to Cincinnati for two years to do training with Procter and Gamble. Uh, and there, you know, so we split the time between dad and mom. And at the time that I was living with my mom, one of the things that struck me was you know, working two jobs, two kids in an apartment, doing whatever it took for her family. And the intention that she set, I don't want to have to work two jobs anymore. I don't want to have to work like this. I want to do something different. And then out of that intention, she transformed, increased her education and ended up going into really a male dominated field. She became a woman real estate developer of commercial real estate, which back in the 70s, there were no women real estate developers right. in commercial real estate. She was literally the first one. So she built and owned shopping centers with partners, but she was one of the founding partners. And 10 years later, she retired. So what I witnessed in her was this uh, intention. I don't want to do this anymore. Hmm. An openness to change. I'm going to do something about it. And then transformed and did it and then put her head down and, and got the work that it made it happen. And I think, you know, the parallel and this, this goes back to, you know, my learnings and you and I were talking about this a little bit about all the things you don't know until you kind of know them and, and how you kind of look back. And it took me about 10 years of being in business to realize what a driver my mom was for me getting into cosmetics. Wow. And that there's a, we're going to be all over the place because it went from, you know, pro football to investment banking, right. or real estate development to investment banking, corporate finance to cosmetics. And people ask me the question, which is going to come up. So here it is. Why are you in cosmetics? How did that happen? <laughs> so uh, go ahead. Let me, let me breathe. <laughs> Sorry. So for legends that have gotten a divorce, for legends that may, may not be what their children's mother, tell them as a child, you just mentioned it, why it's so important because you said there was still civility there was still a connection with your dad and mom even though divorced what does the legend needs to know as relates to staying connected to the mother for the intentional as well as the transformation of a child during their formative years yeah um i mean it's such a, a profound impact I, you know personally for me even though they got along i harbored a tremendous amount of anger internally that I was able to get off, burn off on the football field, right? Mm. Because back in the 70s, that was really a stigma. And we weren't the normal family. We were the divorced family. And now that, you know, 50% of the families are divorced, not making light of that. 
But to your point, I think that whatever ego or pride or reasons that you have to be angry at the spouse need to go away for the benefit of the child. That's all that matters. Hmm. And the release of ego is not having to react. No matter what happens over on the other side of the fence, hmm. you can just be passive and listen, hold your ground, but, but the reacting and you know the negative consequences that go between making that child choose between a mom and a dad and having to see that emotional fallout, I think is devastating. I'm not a therapist, but you know, I've witnessed enough as you have in your life to know what it's like when things are calm at home and when they're not. Um, So it just, it provides a much better environment. Now you mentioned a word that's big in our profession. You said, release the ego. (laughs) Give me a little more, tell me, release the ego. Come on, Chris. Oh man, you're digging. Um, You know, when when you when you've been walking the planet for sixty years and gone around a couple the sun a couple of times, you finally start figuring these things out. And this is, you know, one of my big things is just being curious. And I was sharing with you how, like, I kind of look back when I'm twenty, when I'm thirty, when I'm forty, when I'm fifty, and I kind of look back at a decade and go, "How could you be so stupid? How could you think those things?" And not in a derogatory way about myself, but just about the fact that. That's where the learnings come from. We all make mistakes. We're all human, but it's that curiosity to look back and go, wow, I could have done that differently. And the more that I, you know, I tell you about my crazy routine. I do Wim Hof breathing. I do uh, uh, Deepak Chopra meditations. I do uh, yoga. I do all these different things. And when I, as I do those things for myself, I realize that as I release my ego, I become more grounded, centered, and happy because I don't have to be right. I can just let it be what it is. That's good. Man, thank you for that, Chris. Yeah. Now, here's a question. What did your mom think about your passion for football? Well, she she was very, very supportive. Um, I, I've, I've since lost her um, mm-hmm. to, to lung cancer about uh, 10 years ago. But, uh, yeah, she was, she was a that. big supporter. Wow. Yeah, big fan. Thank you. I can tell the way you light up when I even talk about mom. So I appreciate you being willing. And we know that her legacy lives on in you, Chris. That's for sure. How about this? On NFL NFL Legends Podcast, one of the things we do, we talk about transition a great deal. As you well know, every player transitions from the game, whether on their own terms or prematurely. Chris, unfortunately, you didn't decide your last day. It was due to injury that your last day was decided. Take us through your injury how you cope with knowing the game you fell in love with was over. How did you deal with that, Chris? That's a, that's a big one. Um, and, and obviously I've had a lot of time to think about that over the years and reflect on it. Um, I think all those things kind of happened for a reason. And I, I was fortunate enough at the time pretty quickly to realize that it was such a blessing that I was able to get into the NFL and not have that injury. Like I saw that injury, career-ending injuries happening in high school and college. And so I saw guys that were better than me never get to step on the field, never get to be a second pick, never get to be a starter because they got that career-ending injury early. So there was a part of me that was, you know, very satisfied about the fact that I had achieved that level of success. So that was one of the goals, one of the check marks that went off. But I also knew that, 
everybody gets injured and I knew the stats. I'm kind of a numbers guy. So I had to get that education and uh, I was fortunate. I got a degree in finance. And so um, I tried for a year to come back um, and you asked me to kind of take you through that play or th that injury. Uh, we were playing against the 49ers and um, they were undefeated. Uh, this is the year that their only loss in the entire season was to us. And we had like a, uh, it was a great game. Um, we, we got like a third and 30, there's about two or three minutes left in the game. And, um, I got, you know, two of the greatest receivers ever play the game stalwart and lips, you know, as the wow. receiving core. And I, and I actually called the play. I, I told Chuck on the sideline, I said, Hey, they're going to double up these guys, put me out on the right, put them on the left and, and let's throw the go. I got this. And he's like, okay, let's run it. <laughs> so <laughs> they had a out, cornerback linebacker trailing me. And I, I was pretty quick back then four six forty. And I got open, got a couple of steps. Um, and then the ball hit me here. I walked into the end zone, touchdown, no problem. But it was, uh, Malone was getting a lot of pressure and it was a quacker and it came in at my ankles. I had to turn around and backpedal and literally caught the ball off the bottom of my shoe with my back to the goal line, turned to the end zone and Dwight Hicks's helmet was at that tra trajectory to go right through my kneecap and my uh, foot ended up hitting me in the face. So uh, shattered kneecap, two severed ligaments. And I kind of knew that that was the end. <laughs> it was so devastating. Wow. Um, but, uh, you know, you know how football players are like, no, 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 we're going to, we're going to, I was like, Hey, tape it up. I'm, I'm going back in. <clears throat> and I, I couldn't even stand on it. Wow. Um, so I spent a year trying to rehab, but, uh, the, the kneecap being so shattered didn't leave any room for uh, mm. rehab. So it just kept getting inflamed, like the size of a, a grapefruit, uh, after every workout after a year. And the doc said, Hey, it's just, we can't do it. It's just not going to wow. happen. Wow. So, yeah. Thank you for sharing that story. So you have a degree in finance, so I can understand uh, getting involved in investment banking. But how do you transition from finance investments to the beauty industry, cosmetics, football player, makeup? Come on, man, help us. <laughs> it's it's not a it's not a straight line, that's for sure. So actually. My mom was kind of the inspiration for after I got out of football, I went into real estate development. I misspoke earlier. So my first 10 years were building uh, single family homes out in Malibu, uh, spec homes, and had an incredible career for 10 years, but uh, fell into the collapse, the great 1991 to 96 collapse right. of real estate in Southern California. And it built up this great portfolio of properties that I subsequently lost. So you talk about a humbling experience and letting go of ego have everything you do in your life for the first 30 years work, have all your dreams come true, segue out of football, build a real estate empire, and, and, and at 30 years old, be worth tens of millions of dollars, and at 31, be bankrupt. And that was basically the path that I had gone through. And through that bankruptcy and the collapse of the market, that pushed me into using my investment banking or my finance credentials to mm -hmm. help banks sell REL, real estate owned, and uh, properties that were underwater for them. So that led into a 10 year career of investment banking and corporate finance and corporate restructures and raising a bunch of money and helping other people kind of build and finance their dreams. Mm -hmm. And that was the catalyst of going into wanting to build a brand. So I knew that I wanted to create a company and build a brand and build equity because the tr uh, investment banking world is very transactional. So I wanted to create a brand name and equity and I'd heard a great guy speak, one of the uh, uh, CEO of North Face. And he said, if you build a great brand, it will last forever and you'll create shareholder value. And I'm like, 
you know, I've been working for 10 years and I got some money in the bank from investment banking, but I haven't built a brand and I haven't built equity that's going to last forever. So I kind of decided that I wanted to, uh, to go after that. And so this is that kind of what you think you know and then what you later find out. I thought the reasons I went into skincare because it started off as anti-aging skincare mm-hmm. for baby boomers, which I was now becoming one, was that it was recession-proof, there were great margins, and there were great ingredients that really worked. And so I launched the company on anti-aging cosmetics. And then five years later, I saw that there was this lash serum that would grow a woman's eyelashes and they would pay $150 for a tube of this eyelash juice. And I'm like, wow, if if they will pay that much money for the promise that 30 days later, it's gonna happen, not gonna happen today. You gotta wait a month and it's gonna work. I realized I needed to get into that part of the business. And so I segued into uh, creating a a makeup and anti-aging skincare and we called it the Chella Brow and Eye Collection. And that's kind of how I, Moved from football into cosmetics in two minutes. So, so here's a question, Chris. Two devastations in your life. Injured, yeah. career over, market collapse, end up bankrupt. How did you get back up? Why did you get back up? Yeah. And what do you say to legends who've had challenges or anyone that's listening? Because it's not so much... We seem to be in an environment where people think failure is bad. Speak yeah. to that, Chris. Wow, such a profound question, Aeneas. Thank you. I, you know, first of all, every legend has and has demonstrated that capability of getting back up on every play of every practice of every right. game. So it's already there, born in them innately. Um, and it's it's getting rid of the ego, right? If if I am football and I get injured and can't play football, then I'm not good anymore. No, football is a passion, something that I love, but I'm still Chris. So I can still do real estate. I can still do corporate finance. I can still do cosmetics. It doesn't matter what happened. I'm not going to associate my worth with my career. So when you kind of practice, it's kind of crazy, but if you practice self-love and acceptance of yourself and others, then you can look at those experiences as nothing more than experiences and lessons to be learned. And if you're open to being, you know, receptive to that, then they teach you so much, so much more than when you're successful, when you're successful, it's because I'm so smart. Right. Now you're lucky in the right place at the right time. And, and a bunch of other good things happen as mm. <laughs> a preparation, all that stuff. But when you fail and then have to get back up and be successful, it's because you learned something. So uh, I guess it's be open to the lessons. They're there. And it's, you know, it's just what happens. It's part of life, not, not a failure on any level. Walk us through how you practically exercise and practice self, self-love. In other words, how could you, doing this podcast, if someone's hearing, tell us how you practically uh, practice self-love, Chris. Yeah, thank you, Anise. Uh, I'm so thrilled you're asking such great questions today. Mm-hmm. Um, th- this, again, has been a path. That it, it really started a lot of it with my partner who's here filming me for, uh, for our, our company. Uh, she took me to my first guided meditation and where we sat for half a day and listened to somebody kind of walk us through meditation. And because of that curiosity and because of the kind of like outward body experience I had sitting for four hours and not thinking, letting thoughts come and go, being in the present moment, 
and get back to present moment in a second. Mm -hmm. Everything in the past is never going to happen again. And everything in the future, we have no idea about what's going to actually happen. We have hopes and dreams and ambitions, but we have no idea what's actually going to happen. The only moment that we control is this moment that we have right now. So if you want to practice self-love, be happy for this moment and this second. And ways that ground you and get you to kind of decompress. I do a 15-minute Wim Hof breathing exercise every morning. Every morning, 15 minutes religiously. I start every day for the last two and a half years with that. And then I'll do like a five-minute gratitude meditation where I just think about all the things I can be grateful for. So if your heart is beating and your lungs are breathing, you can be grateful for your heart and your lungs. If nothing else that you can be grateful for, you can be grateful for those two things. Without them, we're done, right? right. So kind of just winding it back to very basic, simple stuff. And then during that process, you're going to find self-love. You're going to find acceptance. And I think, and I'm not preaching here, I'm just sharing, that when we find that for ourselves, then we can share it with others. Hmm. Who have been some of the people that have motivated you, even in the cosmetic industry? Family, friends, former teammates, legends? Um, there is a guy named John Lesniak, um, who I met at uh, Saks Fifth Avenue when I first launched Cella inside Saks Fifth Avenue about 10 years ago. And he's a cosmetic legend. Uh, he was a VP of sales for a, a company called Max Factor. He actually um, was the director of operations for Lancome when they launched here. Lancome and, and Estee Lauder are probably two of the greatest cosmetic brands ever. You know, mm -hmm. back from his day, those were the main two. Uh, uh, Max Factor was more drugstore. La Lancome and Estee Lauder were more high-end prestige, you know, um, uh, department store, Macy's and that. So I had the good fortune of meeting him and <laughs> I took him to lunch. And this is this is this is the the naivety <laughs> of a football player in cosmetics. So we, we had this, we had one hour for lunch, and the lunch went for three and a half hours. Mm -hmm. And I just continued to pepper him for three and a half hours with questions. And at the end of the of the lunch, he, he said, I find I gotta go. Um, I said, Can we spend the day together tomorrow? Just teach me everything you know tomorrow. <laughs> I'm like, like, all that was going to be learned in one day. <laughs> he did the same thing you're doing. He just laughed. <laughs> Chris, he goes, it's like an onion. There's just layers. You just keep peeling the layers back and it never stops. Mm. Chris, when I think about your different professions, right? And then now cosmetics. Um, is there one single thought that you remember about mom or dad? that carries you every day? Wow. Oh, I think, I think for my dad, it's positive thinking. Like all, he taught me the art of visualization when I was in high school. He said, picture every past perfectly in your mind coming into your hands and you catching it. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I think for my mom, love and compassion. She was just so loving and so generous and so compassionate. How being a part of the NFL brand and you learning from North Face CEO about brand, did that come into play, your experience in the NFL? Did you think about how much the shield, we talk about the shield, right? But it's the brand. Did that correlate to you being in the NFL uh, well, now that you're in business? Yeah, I, I don't think I would have ever made it and had the business success that I, I had, if I hadn't made it in the NFL the way that I did, that was to me, you know, a, a kind of a capstone of you can do anything. 
anything is possible. When you do something that most people think are is impossible, then you have that confidence to go, right. wow, I can do anything. And so that's why I say that intention from the second grade has stuck because it's led me, you know, through my entire life to be able to be fortunate enough and blessed enough to work with amazing people, you know, being coached by Chuck Knoll, playing with, you know, Donnie Shell and, and John Stallworth and Larry Brown and, and Mike Webster and all those guys. I mean, I walked into the locker room. I could barely breathe as a rookie. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> Bell Blunt. How about yeah, that? Yeah. Bell Blunt, my man. My guy, yes. Yeah. yeah. So Mel is also, it's, it's three of us from Southern University, Historical Black College University. Yeah. Paul Michael just got in, and then Mel was one of the guys I looked up to. Last question, Chris. Yeah. Can you share any final advice or words of wisdom to our legends or anyone else listening to this podcast that you've experienced that you would like to parlay? I think... Um... The notion of being able to set an intention, no matter what your age, visualize it in your mind and, and, and bring it to life. Know that you can do it. Don't, lo- don't let anything set you back. Doesn't matter whatever happened in the past is done. Everything is possible in a new day. The sun comes up. You just keep trying and, and let that journey guide you. It may not be where you thought you were going to go, but if you're going at it with love and positivity and positive affirmations, you're going to find someplace special that you were meant to go. I said, final question. I have one more. Did you utilize any of the NFL resources in business or any of the programs? Well, you know, I've been kind of absent from all of that. Uh, mm-hmm. and for, for pretty much up until I saw a Steeler uh, uh, get together that they had to talk about all the benefits of the legend community. I, I joined, I filled out the paperwork, but it didn't get approved. And I didn't even know it didn't get approved in terms of being in the legend directory. And then I was like, I got a, I saw another email. So I got back into it. And then uh, just since I reconnected only in 30 days, all this amazing stuff has happened for me. And I'm so grateful to the legend community, to the uh, pillars that you guys are building, to the infrastructure that you're putting together that help players. Um, so I think it's, you know, I, I'm just scratching the surface, but from what I see, there's invaluable resources there. And I would, you know, suggest anybody, there's some, there's some great gold there, you know, go dig for it and find out, uh, been just so thankful for everybody's support in the community. I said, that was the final question. I got one more. How did, how did you get the name cello? <laughs> I love it. So, um, when I was 27 years old, I traveled to Italy fell in love with the food, the people, the culture, everything about it. And so when I came to try to name the company, I wanted to call it Hello Beautiful because I wanted the positive affirmation that when you like <laughs> open a box, you would see Hello Beautiful. And But the, it was trademarked. So I went back to my attorney. I said, well, why don't we call it Ciao Bella? That's Hello Beautiful in Italian. And he said, Chris, he goes, it doesn't matter what language. It translates back to English as Hello Beautiful. You can't use Ciao Bella. I said, all right, let's mash it together and just call it Cella. Well, it's a beautiful name. And how can people find out more about uh, Cella and what it is you're doing? Oh, thank you. Um, If they go to uh, www.cella.com, we have an amazing line of uh, brow products. For brow makeovers and eyeshadows, we're all brows and eyes. So that would be where you go. We've got, if you follow us at Cella Beauty, 
on TikTok and Instagram, you'll see some some great how-to videos and looks and uh, yeah, thanks. All right, Chris, for all the men I'm covering my mouth, uh, is there a secret line where the men can uh, call and get their makeup so all the ladies, no one else will know that we're actually uh, wearing makeup? There you go. You, you, <laughs> just, uh, you just email Chris at cello.com. I got you on the down low. <laughs> Chris, this has been an amazing podcast, and it really has hit my heart because I know there's so much greatness in us as legends. Yes. And to be a part just of what you said, the exclusive 1%, right, of all high school players, I like to tell people all the time, I know how to become great at something. And it becomes a game changer when you realize that what people thought was impossible has not only be become your possible, but it's been done. So thank you. Uh, this has been fantastic. Uh, Chris, the best is yet to come. Oh, thank you so much. Well, I really appreciate meeting you and, and being a part of this community. And you, you and your team have brought it to life for me. And thank you so much for the interview. Lovely. Great. Thank you. This has been the NFL Legends Podcast. To provide feedback or request a topic for discussion, email us at nfllegends at nfl.com. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.